Ever since Dan Lanning got to campus, we've been asking the question, can he build an SEC defense? And he's starting to move in that direction, but can he actually get there? We'll answer that question today. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked on Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day and your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. If you have not already, please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you listen to or watch this show. All Cruton talk here on this wonderful, beautiful Pacific Northwest Friday that I'm enjoying. Hope you are as well. We've got Brian Smith, who is enjoying a different kind of summer uh, Friday <laughs> down there in Florida. Florida, Brian Smith, our Locked On Recruiting Insider. It's a little bit, what do they say, humid compared to uh, up here in the PNW, Brian? You should come check it out sometime. It's quite wonderful. I walked 18 earlier today. Barely broke a sweat. It was glorious. At 8, uh, let's see, no. At 10 a.m., it was 94 here, and the practice that I went to got canceled mm. outside because of the heat index. Mm, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's no bueno. Not not, not on board. <laughs> With that sort of stuff. I'm more of a go to Florida in March kind of guy when it's, you know, just 85 degrees and, and absolutely money. But want to talk about the defense that Dan Lanning's working to build here through the recruiting trail. A couple commitments. We're going to talk about them. We'll talk about what can come next. Want your thoughts on Elijah Rushing as well. But a, a, a vision that I think Oregon fans have had in their heads, you know, with Dan Lanning and hiring him and Tosh Lupoy as the defensive coordinator is building that kind of SEC defense the combination of power and speed and just tenacity and and physicality even though it's an offensive game building that that georgia type defense on the recruiting trail brian at oregon can dan lanning build at least similar rosters to what he had down in uh, in athens at georgia sure you can do that anywhere recruiting is everything uh i told somebody the other day and it's kind of my new my new number i, I keep raising it i think College football is about 80% recruiting now. It's just the way it is because the difference between like the top 10, 12 schools and everybody else is the difference between like where you're living and humidity to me. It, it is vast. So if you get the right kind of players to fit, and I don't know if he eventually wants to go just to an only 3-4 defense or he's going to play multiple. He probably has a lot of different ideas. Mm-hmm. There's some of that involved too, but if you recruit to what you want, why not? And look, Selling an Oregon official visit is not that hard either. We've talked about that. The campus, the facilities, it's power five. It's not, it's not rocket science. So when you hear that term, you know, SEC defense and think of the great ones that, that we've seen in that conference over the years, what pops into your mind and what should we be looking for on the recruiting trail with, with this staff going forward as kind of indicators of, yeah, okay, we're a year or two away from really having, you know, an elite defensive unit here? Well, as you and I were discussing right before the show, I mean, defensive line is the biggest thing. Uh, It takes longer for development in the weight room for O-line, and then D-line's probably next. But, I mean, they signed 10 guys last year, and I'm breaking into my brain going back over 30 years. I don't think I've ever seen a school sign 10 D-line in a class. That's a lot, which also tells me when he got there, he's like, "Uh uh-oh. Uh, that probably wasn't what he wanted to see when he got there, just being honest. And I'm sure some kids transferred out, and I'm sure they were thin, et cetera. 
it's going to be a whoever makes it makes it. There's going to be some transfers. Ten kids in one class ain't going to happen. So that's part of the process. He's going to put the best players on the field. Who leaves is who leaves. And he also got like Uyungle. He got a couple of guys that change your roster. Like he is the prototypical edge rusher that's a big guy. Those guys, it's really rare to get a strong side end that can rush the passer. And he's flat out that guy. So that's the first thing. And then the other one, this is something Oregon's had a little bit. If you're going to win and like get to the playoffs, it's been proven over and over again. You don't need good corners. You need NFL corners. And how that develops as well will be the second thing you look at. And you just got to get a lot of them. Like right now in Alabama's class, it's sickening. They have three guys that have NFL potential at corner alone. It's utterly ridiculous. If you're going to compete with that, you got to match it in some capacity. So Oregon's trying to do that too. And, and even if you're an offensively led team, which, you know, Oregon historically has been over the years, 2019, I think was kind of the, the exception, which by the way, was a Pac-12 championship in Rose Bowl season. That defense had a, a, a bunch of butt kickers on it, right? You had Kayvon Thibodeau was a true freshman. And then your secondary, like you were just alluding to, Brian, was just littered with NFL guys. D'Amador Lenore starts on one of the best defenses in the NFL with the 49ers. Thomas Graham, NFL guy. Javon Holland, one of the best safeties in the NFL. Verone McKinley was a first-team All-American in, in 2021. He was on that team. Brady Breeze has made an NFL roster. He's a good player. So I think that's a, a, a good point on your part. And I was in my head going, wait, where's he going with this? Because he said, you don't need good corners to have a good defense. I was like, what, do you just need great safeties? You're not need good corners at all. You need oh, great corners. Yeah. Set you up so well. You did. You, you had me going in my head. I didn't show it on my <laughs> face, but in my head, I was like, what is he talking about? You need great corners. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, do, need, you do need those sorts of guys. So that, that's kind of a, a decent enough segue into a, a non-cornerback position for Oregon on the recruiting front, Kamar Mathuti and, and Dylan Williams. Because I think if you're going to be an elite defense in, in 2023 and beyond, Brian, right, it's, it's a pass-happy sport. It's a quarterback-heavy sport. It's a quarterback-heavy league in the Pac-12. You need edge rushers and you need corners. But it's not as if the other positions are just completely irrelevant for building a high-level unit. You go back to that dominant Georgia defense that had, what was it, five first-rounders and eight draft picks, you know, some ungodly number or something like that. N'Kobe Dean was at the middle of all of it, and he was a really, really important player there. So let's start with the most recent commitment for the Ducks. Kamar Mathuti, they beat out Washington and Michigan State, amongst others, uh, to land this kid. What do you see uh, from him, and what sort of player do you think the Ducks got here? I think he could play the weak side. I think he could eventually grow into a middle. But whatever he does, he does it fast. Uh, his foot speed is what you're looking for. He plays at Los Al. It's one of the best programs in the greater Los Angeles area. And he's going against big-time players, and he's getting around guys, beating them to the spot, even when they're smaller. That's a good sign <laughs> if you're playing in L.A. So, has some physicality to him, but I also think, although he doesn't get it, do it as much in high school, he'll be a kid that can drop. He'll be a kid that can hit a zone and deflect passes. He's got some length, and that's the part you're talking about. Nicobe Dean in coverage was awful to deal with, and it's one of the reasons that Georgia had so much success. They did all kinds of things with him, and kudos to him for learning the scheme. But like, like, like Nicobe Dean was not good in coverage, so they used him in other ways to kind of hide oh, that no, weakness. No, everything like he was okay oh, okay he was great in coverage yeah 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 like, okay okay he gotcha, wasn't gotcha. the tallest guy but he was such a physical freak he could jump up like he probably had a 40 inch vertical it didn't matter i'm not saying this kid's the kobe dean like he was unbelievable but he's in that realm where speed will allow him to get to places other teams cannot account for in practice 
and that annoys offense coordinators to death because quarterbacks get nervous. They do really dumb things when that happens and the ball goes the other way. When you have linebackers that can cover, it changes everything. Because in the middle of the field, in pro football, you really have to be careful or it goes the other way. I mean, it's totally different deal. In college, aren't many teams that have linebackers that are real good at coverage. The teams that do are the ones that end up in the top 20 of the rankings. You know, especially like final defensive number, you can go through whatever you want. You're going to see an all-conference linebacker on there almost every freaking time. And this is the kind of like the two guys they just got. I mean, this is how you can carry your defense into any week. Like those two guys can play in the SEC all day. And that's what you're going to look for if you're trying to create an SEC defense. Yeah, and that's what we would certainly like to have uh, Oregon building in in that sense, especially with how the linebackers performed for the Ducks in 2022. It was definitely not where we would have liked it to have been. Um, from a production standpoint, PFF was not high on Oregon's linebackers. I don't think Oregon fans were very high on the linebackers. Noah Sewell still graded pretty solidly, was a second-team All-Pac-12 guy, but that that other spot, you know, he's kind of the Mike backer, but that money backer position was very much lacking from a consistent production standpoint. And there are a lot of names in, in that room for, for Oregon this year. But now you have Mathudi in that room going forward, along with Dylan Williams, another player we have to talk about from the state of California, Long Beach Poly kid there. But first, before we get to that, Brian, did you guys know? That for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. Kind of like how these guys can be a perfect fit in Dan Lang's defensive system. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add to your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop on ebay motors just like we'd love to see ty thompson be a little bit more confident back there at the quarterback position to realize his potential and ebay motors gives you that with over 122 million parts to choose from you'll be back in the game in no time after all it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers L items only exclusions apply go check out ebay motors today recruiting is the lifeblood of your program and second segment sips are the lifeblood of this program so just like that we're back into it brian doesn't even know what to make of my weird personality he's just completely off guard but Right up in your wheelhouse, Brian, is analyzing a guy like Dylan Williams, who Oregon snagged just before Mathuti committed a few days earlier. So they now go from zero to two linebackers in the 2024 cycle. You talked about the, the speed element that, that Mathuti brings. What sort of player is, is Dylan Williams at the linebacker spot? He's a little bit different in that he's a bit more of a thumper. He really likes contact. Uh, his film was a lot of fun to watch. I enjoyed him in the box in particular. I mean, he can run and get out in space too, but when he came downhill, there was a collision <laughs> and he's just that guy. So he plays at Long Beach Poly and a few tidbits. I'm going to guess Spencer, you know, he's that guy. He doesn't know any of this anyway, but it's the Jackrabbits, one of the greatest nicknames. Oh, I love it. That, that is a, that's a cool I name. love the Jackrabbits. I think there's, I think it's South Dakota State at the FCS level for football, yeah, right. they're the Jackrabbits as well. Great mascot. We've got 50 million tigers and Bengals and bears <laughs> in the world, and we've got two Jackrabbits. That's anyway, right. 
It's also where Snoop Dogg went to school, but that's another side note. <laughs> nice. Hey, it's true. And he's a kid that's used to playing against top competition. I don't know if it's still true, but at one point, Polly had more kids that had went to the NFL from that school than any other in the country. They're always producing players, are always putting out a lot of talent and playing against good talent. So I saw him hit against really good players, and he was always in the box making somebody look stupid. And that's why he was recruited by the SEC schools. We were just talking about that. And I thought it was interesting. Again, we, we've mentioned before, like, Oregon's getting a lot of kids that USC used to just gobble up. And it's why they dominated the conference. It's very odd to me that Oregon is getting these kids right in USC's backyard. And that's the school that USC needs to beat on the field more often. I mean, Utah's kind of emerged here. But now we're losing all these kids at the school that they usually have to play at some point to win the pack. Well, but but remember, these kids are going to go up against the Indianas, Michigan's, Ohio State's. I don't know why I put in Indiana with Michigan and Ohio State, but that's just like, that that just, yeah, that that just, that just, that just came out. Anyway, but I wonder, I I, I don't know that it's as much a part, a part of the pitch. I'm curious as to your thoughts on this though, just as, as a quick aside, how much do high school kids pay attention to conference realignment? Because one thing that I hear a lot on Locked On Pac-12 is, well, they need to get a deal done or recruiting is going to suffer. And I'm like, well, hold on. Stanford has a top 15 class. Arizona's encroaching on a top 30 class. Oregon has a top 10 class right now. Are Do, do, do high school kids pay attention to that sort of stuff the way we do or the way I do at least? Uh, not, not as much as you or I. I think a lot of them are overwhelmed. I, I, I really do. And I know this is a terrible comparison because it's a different coast, but like I live in central Florida and this is no BS. The state capital is Tallahassee where Florida state is in North. If you did a map of Florida and put a dot where Tallahassee is and said, what city is it? A lot of the kids where I live wouldn't know. Like kids live in very small bubbles here. I don't know if it's that way in LA and stuff, because everything they have is right, right there. Right. They just don't look at big picture stuff that much. They want to know about the coach that's going to get them to the next level. Are they comfortable there? And then kind of like cool factors. And then mom yells at him about going to class. Those are the kinds of <laughs> like the, the arguments about schools with mom and kid. I have stories for, for years and they're very unfriendly. There's a lot of ugly meetings about that, but it's part of it. So I think Oregon kind of wins on all those fronts because it is a good school and it's got the unique uniforms and all that stuff. So even though they're in the wind, because I have no idea where they're going to be in three years. I doubt you do either, even, even though you're a Ducks fan. I, I no, but I can't say I can't say for certain. I have a theory that it'll be the pack, oh, well, but I can't I can't well, say like one hundred percent. Who's going to join the pack? Let's hear your S- San Diego State and SMU are the most likely expansion targets. So the calculation that, as, as I see it, for Oregon in in this realignment space is, if the Big Ten were to offer them one day, my guess is they would probably accept. But what they would have to weigh if that offer came, which is not as likely as a lot of people make it out to be, first of all. And second of all, if that offer came along to Oregon and would probably get paired with Washington, what they would have to ask themselves is, do we want to try to go, you know, comb our way through the rough and all the great teams over there in the Big Ten? Or do we want to try and be Clemson, where the perception of our conference is hey, it's a little bit weaker, it's a coastal conference, it's all this sort of stuff. But Clemson's won two national championships and been to, I believe, two other ones just in the last eight years or so. And they've been playing mostly in a pretty weak conference. So without USC and UCLA, you're in a weaker conference, absolutely. 
But is it so weak that you're not going to be able to get into the playoff? No, absolutely not. And so I think that's where kind of that balance is. And there can be recruiting ramifications for that. But with all this stuff and, you know, I have people come at me literally every single day about, you know, the Pac-12 is going down, the Pac-12's sinking, and the Pac-12's doing all this sort of stuff. And yet, Oregon is sitting here with a top 10 recruiting class in, in, in 2024. So it doesn't surprise me to hear that these high school kids, like, it's, it's like the eighth thing on their list. They have so many other things that are more important to them than what conference they are playing in or how valuable a media rights deal is. I bet you there's not a single high school recruit who could tell you the exact per school distribution payouts of any of the conference media deals. I'd be, I, I would be shocked. Am, am I wrong thinking that? I don't know either. And I don't care either. Yeah. So I just know it's a lot of money. Those yeah. kids are just trying to eat today. Most of those guys, literally, most of those kids are not in that financial realm, so they don't care. Um, I also think that eventually Big 12, Pac-12 are going to do something, but that's another possibility. There, there's so many that I think Oregon will be fine. The only question I have for you is if they leave the state legislature in Oregon, because this happened in Texas, mm-hmm. they'll get really pissed about Oregon State not getting to come along. That's a big problem and, because they want yeah. and the, and there are also and, and you know I have long discussed it and I think it's you know fair to do so that there's there are historical ties between Oregon and Washington and reasons you would put them together. But Washington I think has a, would have a similar hurdle to go over, which is hey is the legislature about to come in and say, "Uh yeah, no, you you can't do that because you're responsible to you know, have have a partnership with this school over here, Washington State or Oregon. State. I I don't know what all the legal jargon is there. I know that that is a reasonable hurdle to a potential future Big Ten offer that may never materialize anyway. So, uh, anyway, let, let, let's let's steer it back to steer the ship back towards recruiting here because I want your thoughts on this Elijah Rushing situation, which for a long time looked like it was. You know, you, you came on here just a few days before he committed and said, hey, it's Oregon or Tennessee. Ducks are in a good – it was Oregon and Tennessee. It was Oregon and Tennessee. And here comes Arizona, and they land this kid from right out of their backyard. What do you make of, of kind of how all that went down? I had one person out of God knows how many tell me that Arizona was a player. One. He was right. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was right. Um, look. I'm not trying to pick on the Wildcats, but except for the early 90s when they called it Desert Swarm, they were they were really good. They were a top 10 team. They've been awful pretty much my entire life. Nobody cares. They don't keep anybody at home. Like if you go through the last 10 years and pick whatever publication you want, top 10 players in Arizona, they'd be lucky to get three. How in the world would anybody pick him to go and play for the Wildcats? I have no, I have no freaking clue. Like I haven't heard one word about I, it's the biggest shocker in this recruiting cycle other than a certain one that involves A&M, but that's another story. That's yeah. I'm not going to get into that, but the kid just, he went with the school to be close to home to mom. Maybe I don't know the kid personally, but I heard he's a little, he's a little bit different guy from somebody I talked to, but yeah, man, like that one was just completely left field. So your guess is as good as mine. But here's the other thing. He might have just wanted to be the big fish in the small pond, too. Because, like I just said, they they got 10 D linemen in the last class. He's going to walk in and start at Arizona. Not picking on them, but I, they don't have a wise rush. Right. And, and more power to him. But 
I I think it's a poor choice personally because I just don't think Arizona's going anywhere. But whatever. Well, here here here's here's where I'd push back on that. I look at what Jed Fish has done over the last couple of seasons, and they have a ways to go. But the early returns for Jed Fish as the Arizona football coach are an upward trajectory. They were oh, he's a good coach. He's a good they coach. were they were one win away from being bowl eligible last year after they had just one win and lost to an FCS school the year prior. So I think selling a vision of hey we're going up and we need a player like you and we want you to be at the forefront and we can Arizona can absolutely guarantee he plays as a true freshman. Whereas Mateo Uyunglele this year five star recruit when he committed to the Ducks is probably going to be a major player on the defense. I don't think there's a guarantee he's going to start. I think your defensive line for the Ducks this year could very easily be Jordan Birch, Brandon Dorless, Casey Rogers, and Mace Funa. And Mateo could be a little bit more of a pass rush specialist. Sure. Pass rush specialist kind of guy. It's a great tongue twister that I just made up. He could be that sort of player, whereas if Mateo were at Arizona right now, he would be starting 100 and getting all the reps. So I think that could be a part of it. So... I don't look at it, Brian, as an indictment of the Oregon staff. I look at it as, okay, I'm disappointed that we didn't get him. I want to get those sorts of guys. We're talking about how to build an SEC defense. First thing you said was, hey, you got to do it on the defensive line. Those are the sorts of players that you look at. But to me, it's more about what Arizona did rather than what Oregon didn't do. Oh, yeah, I'm and, not blaming Dan. Yeah. Like they, they, they can recruit. It's not an Oregon problem. It's not an Oregon problem. Okay, that 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 was that was kind of my reaction to it as, as as well. But do you think that 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 rushing looked at all at the ten defensive linemen, most of whom were four stars in the twenty twenty three cycle, and and saw an obstacle to early playing time? Because Oregon's I mean, going to lose a lot of defensive linemen after this year, right? Dorless will be gone, and Casey Rogers will be gone, and Mace Funo will be gone. Jordan Birch might go to the NFL. There could be a lot of turnover at that position, but there are just there are a lot of guys, a lot of promising players, you know, waiting in the wings there. Is that a calculation for a recruit like this? I mean, most of those kind of kids have zero fear. They probably overcalculate themselves, if anything. Like I I don't know how many times I've heard a guy that's enrolling as a freshman saying, I'm starting at Bama, this, that, and the other, and I'll I'll look at one of my buddies and we'll just roll our eyes We're like, okay, buddy, you need to throttle her on down. But uh, whatever. Um, now, at, at Arizona, look, at worst, he's second team pretty much off the bat. They just don't have guys like him. But at Oregon, I mean, if you think about just if they run a four-man line, that's two and a half players, I mean, per position. I mean, it's it's insane. So that's it's one of the oddest things I've ever seen. They must have really been disappointed with what they inherited. I mean, just flat out, to sign 10 kids. I mean, it's just true. So maybe a little bit, but if he's worried about that, that questions my own thought about where I had rushing. I think he's one of the top three or four pass rushers in the country. Like he fits the bill across the board, height, length, bend, all those things. But if you're that guy, you shouldn't be fearful either. You should be like, screw you. I'm going to come in and play. Those are the guys that go to the NFL. Those are the guys, Dan and everybody, not just Oregon, but any program needs if they're going to beat Georgia, if they're going to beat Alabama. That's it. You must have guys that think they are the best, period. So now that rushing is is committed to Arizona and Oregon has to continue searching for their, their first five-star of the cycle, I imagine there will be at least one, 
pro two is kind of the number that I'm sitting on without rushing. With rushing, I would have said you could maybe get to three. I kind of feel like two is the max given where they're at there. You know, it's it's Oregon and Georgia for Justin Williams, uh, another linebacker. Brandon Baker, number one offensive tackle, is out there. Williams Nuneri, number one defensive lineman. Jordan Ross and, um, Aiden, and Aiden Breland, the last two who I want to talk about here. Those are kind of the names that I'm looking for as the next five-star that, that Oregon is going to be going after here. So I want to start with Jordan Ross because we haven't talked about him quite as much. What is his recruitment like? And is Oregon able to kind of work their way into that conversation? Getting an elite defensive lineman out of Alabama and you're not named any one of Clemson, Georgia, Auburn, Alabama is about like me dunking on Shaq. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Okay. It, right. I mean, something really weird has to, cause like those are the kids that have made the sec famous and that's what Kirby and Nick in particular want last year. Clemson got two of the guys, but you got to remember Dabo played at Alabama. He knows that state, a bunch of the kids that he's gotten are there. Dabo played football at Alabama. You really didn't know that. I didn't know that he played there. No, we're going to have to have a lot of conversation. <laughs> He was on the 92 title team. Yeah. I I did not know that. I just knew he was the wide receiver. I didn't even remember like where he played college football or have anywhere in my mind. I Because he was the wide receivers coach in like 2009 slash co-OC and then was made head coach in, in like 2009. That's all I ever knew about, about Dabo Sweeney. They're a long ways away from Oregon, Brian. Long, long ways away. It's called ESPN. You've seen it. <laughs> love of man. Anyway... Those are the only programs, and occasionally Tennessee will get a kid, but they've gotten some of them for unscrupulous reasons here recently. It's just it's just true. The kids there in that state, I, I even talked to a coach that I know last year in the spring, they were trying to get into Alabama, and he just looked at me and goes, look, man, he said, we've recruited the heck out of that state. He said, those, those kids just want to go to Alabama. He goes, it sucks. It's just, it's, it's just that state is very centralized. It's hard. If Oregon gets him on campus because it is such a unique visit, anything is possible. But you, the definition of culture shock is a Birmingham kid visiting. But they've done it before. The, the Auburn quarterback that originally went to Oregon, he's from Birmingham. Right. So it's happened, but it's just D-line's another deal, man. Because, like, Kirby and Nick, they, they dig in on those. And that kid, his film, I don't know if you've watched it. There's a reason. There is a reason you dig in. Right. Okay, he could be a strong side in three, he can, whatever. He's a lot like a certain kid who just picked Arizona, if that puts it in perspective. So, so a, a name that that has been on Oregon's radar for for a while now. It sounds like Ross is more of an outside chance, but Aiden Breland feels like more of, oh, a, of, yeah, an, of an inside of chance. And so, is that, is that kind of where, as Oregon fans, our mindset should be for a five star defensive lineman in the class? Does Breland feel like the next top option for the Ducks? I think he fits on a number of levels. Number one, we were talking about creating the SEC defense. What is the one thing that they have beyond talent? Sheer girth. That kid is yeah. humongous. Yeah. And he could move. Like it, Watching his film is just fun. I don't care what sport you play. When you watch an athlete on a football field, and it's still at high school, which is scary for some poor mom in the stands thinking her child's about to be engulfed. But – he can move laterally like linebackers and stuff. And he's like 290, 300. It's ridiculous. But Oregon is right in the thick of it. 
And he's a kid that could go anywhere. Like Miami's after him. At Bama and all these other schools want him. SC is still the one I like. I've told you a million times. Any modern day kid, they make me nervous. That's just throughout their history. So, but Oregon is the school that if he leaves California, I would pick. That's just my opinion. Well, that's in USC's history when they had Pete Carroll as their head coach. Well, they, now he was a defensive-minded coach. And at some right. point, the SC's going to get those kids or they're not going to get over the hump. They're not even going to – I guarantee they don't win it. Well, uh, but, I mean, if you look at Lincoln Riley's teams at Oklahoma, that was this, that was the deal every that's year. The they didn't have those kids. They couldn't well, get – no. the whole point. Maybe, maybe it's different wrong. at USC, but same head coach, same philosophy, same defensive coordinator. I would I would certainly like Oregon's chances there. Because Lanning and Lupoy have a history of recruiting high-level kids, developing them, and sending them off to, to the NFL. I'm not arguing with any of your points. I'm just saying, if USC doesn't get him or DeAndre Carter, one of the other modern-day kids, the red flag is humongous. Like, there's something wrong there. Because I, I, you can't be USC and do that. Especially getting ready to go into the Big Ten, when you're going to bang with Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, that's not going to go well for them. Yeah, well... I think Brian's had enough of me for today. He is absolutely disgusted with my lack of college football knowledge, but we are more than a, a little bit thrilled that we had him for today. Great stuff as always. Brian Smith, our Locked On Recruiting Insider, at FBScout underscore Florida on Twitter. A great follow over there. Brian, thanks so much. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Have a great weekend, and until Monday, go Ducks.